y'all can hear me let me turn this shit off all right okay so um i don't know i just kind of wanted to do a podcast because i had some thoughts on the ravens game um january 11th saturday against the titans and a lot of people have been talking about um derrick henry and how well he's been doing these past few weeks leading up and how um how he has put on a show pretty much against the pats um which is cool. You know, he's he's a great running back, not taking it away from anything he has done <coughs> because, you know, he's he's a top top three rusher for sure, guaranteed 100%. But the people act, a lot of these reporters, and granted they are reporters and I am not a reporter, they act like the Ravens have not, um, oh my God, the Ravens have not played against top talent which they have. They have played against the 49ers in the pouring rain um, when the 49ers had Tevin Coleman, who, again, had five touchdowns in one game or four touchdowns. Don't don't credit me on anything because I'm driving in my car, if you guys cannot hear. But um, anyways, he had four touchdowns in one game. One second, let me look at Raheem Mostert. I can see somewhat of Derrick Henry. Um, more of like the breakaway speed. Not necessarily the power that Derek has, but um, along with being a Ravens fan, I'm an Alabama fan because when I was younger, I lived in Alabama and I moved to Baltimore or moved to Annapolis and then, you know, back home to San Diego, uh, North Southern California. And, um, you know, so I've watched, I watched Derek Henry get shamed for winning the Heisman as a running back and how he, how he ran, which was pretty discouraging because I knew like I wanted the Ravens to take him really bad in the first round because that year we got if I'm not mistaken we got Marlon Humphrey so and I wasn't a big fan like I was a I was happy because he was from Alabama like that's literally the reason I didn't really see any like big potential in him um at that time but I mean now he's turned into an absolute stud so kudos to Ozzy and that front office, obviously. But um, getting back to Derrick Henry, um, yeah, so I watched him when he played on Alabama, and it was just pure power. And it, it was like it was like Leonard Fournette, but a few inches taller, and they actually could not tackle him. When I, when I watched Leonard Fournette play LSU versus Alabama, Leonard was very discouraged because he could – because he got tackled, like, he was so used to getting unstopped, or, like, he was so used to not getting stopped, and when he got stopped, he was so, like, baffled, he couldn't believe it, like, if you watch, if you watch his face in that game, you, you literally was just, like, stunned he, he got stopped, but, um, anyways, uh, back to, you know, Ravens opponents and stuff, he, uh, Raheem Mostert had like that, the edge. Like once they once they caught the edge on Alabama on the Ravens, then they they would feast on that until the second half when they obviously adjusted, and um, they stopped the outside run. But 
when I watch Derek, when I watch the Titans and Derek Henry play, it's a lot of right down your gut, like literally run downhill running, more of like the Gus Edwards style. I know a lot of people won't listen to this, but uh, a lot of people listening to this won't aren't are probably Ravens fans, and I'm not sure if they know this, but the Ravens brought in Paul Perkins, former running back of the Giants, to. Um, simulate um, Derrick Henry, which I don't know how good that is. I don't. I don't remember his his build, like how tall or strong he is. I remember watching him play. I don't really resemble. Um, I don't really match Derrick Henry and him. So I don't know how. I again, that's why I'm not really a hundred percent on the uh, the build he was, but. Um, to, to stop to simulate um, Derrick Henry they brought in Paul Perkins and I'm not sure if they really needed to I would say Gus Edwards is like really good um, prototype running back uh, along with like to simulate Derrick Henry not saying he can simulate Derrick Henry but you know um, just to get the point across like uh, Gus would probably be the, the closest thing to Derrick Henry that the Ravens could face but back to the Ravens opponents they played the 49ers in pouring rain. Then after that, they played the oh, it's it's dodging me. The Rams was it after they played the Rams and they held Todd Gurley to absolutely nothing, and then they played Le'Veon Bell, which I mean, hey, it's Le'Veon Bell. He was kind of routing them up because it's uh, you know. He's played with the Steelers all these years, and if you if you're a Ravens fan, then you would know that you know Le'Veon Bell always does this. He he's dominant in every aspect of the game. So the fact that the Jets, they the Ravens held him to absolutely nothing, or not absolutely nothing, but they held him to as low as they did, is pretty pretty outstanding because in previous years, I mean, obviously Le'Veon's in a different system and. And Adam Gase is not the biggest fan, as it seems through the media. Um, you know, it it seems that uh, that the Ravens did a pretty good job on on Le'Veon. But then you circle around back to the Browns, because in the week four um, or week three, I don't, I don't remember. I believe it's week four when the Ravens lost to the Browns. Um, it was obviously like a night and day change from when they beat them in that week 17 no week uh 16 sorry to week four when they lost to him and nick chubb has had his debut freaking game for the season so it was just it's just like the fact that people think that the ravens are gonna have a gigantic struggle with derrick henry i don't think that derrick henry's much of a monster that um that everybody's entailing him to be like, like I feel like Nick Chubb and and Derrick Henry very similar, Mostert and Henry not very similar, but they gave off the same vibe. Like whenever when you watched Mostert break to the right side, it might have been a stretch or a counter I don't remember, but or a power even, um, and he broke to the right side and he obliterated. Marcus Peters and shed Earl Thomas for a touchdown, or maybe it wasn't a touchdown, but it was uh, it was a large gain. 
you know, those those runs like simulated what what Derrick Henry showed against teams that don't want to tackle. Now, taking into accountability of Earl Thomas coming on the media earlier this week and saying, um, it looks like a lot of people don't want to tackle Derrick, but for us, it's not going to be the issue. So, I'm I'm not sure where everybody got the narrative that the Ravens can't play ball or can't just defend the run. Um, because I know the past defense with uh, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, Earl Thomas, Chuck Clark, uh, Brandon Carr. Um, you know, I, I feel like they – I don't really see anyone to simulate A.J. Brown. I think that's the biggest problem um, with the Ravens' defense is – going to be seeing who who matches up well against AJ Brown now if I were to put anyone I would switch Marcus Peters for that slot position and I would put him in the slot and I would put Marlon on AJ Brown so um, I read that um, Jayon Brown on the defense not really talking about that right now but and then um, Adam Humphreys on the offense is going to be sitting out uh, this week due to injuries and I see Tajay Sharp and I see he's probably a better fit against Marcus Peters. I feel like Marcus Peters with the amount that he talks is going to like he could he could um discombobulate Tajay Sharp cuz Tajay Sharp's very young like third year, second year, I, I don't remember. But um he's around the that um time length in the league. So I feel if Marcus Peters with how locked down he is or how locked down he has been on the Ravens defense, I feel like he um would impose a bigger threat on Tajay Sharp than he would on A.J. Brown. And I feel with the physicality that Marlon Humphrey, physicality and speed that Marlon Humphrey proposes, I, I just don't see. Like someone was saying, I was looking, listening to a different podcast, and they were they were explaining um, how the that Marcus Peters would be a good matchup on A.J. Brown, not, not due to physicality, but due to his speed and how he would be able to um, undercut, like, because how, how smart Marcus Peters is, he's undercut a few routes. Like, people try to bait him, and, you know, he's read that people have tried to bait him, but they, they haven't been successful, um, i.e. the pass to Emmanuel Sanders in the back of the end zone, Jimmy Garoppolo, they tried to do, like, a little sluggo. He didn't really bite. He was trying in. It was in the end zone, which, credit to Marcus Peters, it was a phenomenal play because – he tried to do a little sluggo route, which is a slant, and then um, go like three step slant, you know, uh, kind of bait him for the slant, and then go up the field into the corner of the end zone. Marcus Peters read it well. Um, he didn't jump the route, and he was willing to give up three yards or three to seven yards instead of the touchdown that um, the 49ers were going for. Um, but going back to Mar Marcus Peters on A.J. Brown, I feel that um, that a good matchup would be if they want physicality, I want Jimmy Smith on him. If I was Wink, I would want Jimmy Smith on him all day, just the entire game, roughing it out. And um, if I wanted, uh, you know, the crossing routes, I, I wanted those crossing routes dead. I would put Marlon because he has the speed, the physicality. Um, I, I don't know. Those, those are just my thoughts on the defense. And then um, on the Ravens offense, excuse me, I don't see a matchup that necessarily is um, good 
for the Titans. Um, when I was when I was like watching the games, and I saw the Texans had won, beat the Bills, I was excited. I w- it was it was two things. Like I wanted, <clears throat> I was talking to my uh, dad about this, and he was. Um, I was like, yeah, like I honestly don't, I don't care who wins between the Eagle or the Patriots and Titans or the Bills and Texans. I was assuming that the Texans or Bills would play whichever winner would play the Ravens, but um, that was not the case. And um, so when I was watching that game, I was I was looking at the Bills, and I saw how they gave up a 16 points so easy in the in the end of the game. I believe it was 16 points, and. Um, and then I saw how they gave it up so easy. So I was like, okay, so if they win this game, their mentality is like, oh man, that was a close one. Onto the onto the Ravens, you know, this is going to be another battle. So I, I and either way, even the the Texans would be similar thought, like, oh man, this is a close one. Great great comeback. But I felt like the Texans posed more of a threat if if the Bills didn't, if the Bills came back and won it. I felt like, oh, that was too close for comfort. Good win, but let's go. You know what I'm saying? And then the Texans were already up, so they they had a mentality like, okay, we came back from tw- from 16 to zip, all the way to 21, 24, something like that, to uh to make it a, a viable game. So we already have 21-0 in the half. So now we're going up to the Ravens, and we're gonna play them um, with like 21 up, like. Yeah, we just came back and beat the Bills. Like, we're ready for you. You know what I'm saying? But after seeing uh, Josh Allen and his weird shenanigans, like the the up the attempt at a pitch um, when he was falling down when he had like a minute 40 left was very odd. I was hoping the Texans would just fall on the ball and end the game, but they did. They did not. So, um. It was real weird to to watch that, and um, to to see Josh Allen fold. So then at that point, my head was like, okay, I want the Bills to win because you know if we get Josh Allen in this bind, then you know he's gonna do some stupid shit again. So that was like positive mindset for me. Like I was like, oh sweet. Um, but then uh, obviously that did not happen. And then watching the Titans and uh, Patriots game. I saw a lot of, um, obviously, Derrick Henry running. I kind of, like, left uh, to do something after the second half, so I didn't even finish the second half. But it was a pretty boring game um, to me. So I, I don't know if if the Texans have much of, an, much of an advantage if they only held the Patriots' declining offense and, you know, the, the mid-tier defense to 13 points. And then you know a decent play in the in the final minutes the or final minute of the game to seal the deal and get an extra six points so it doesn't you know look as bad but so I I don't know I I don't see the Ravens losing this game especially at home and if the crowd comes out which it should be um I was reading a lot into this before it, they were saying it's going to be very rainy so it's decently um. Uh, decently discouraged, but the Titans have not played very many rainy or um, snowy or high weather affected games. 
then I uh, saw recently that's going to be 63 and 20% chance of rain or 10% chance. I don't remember, but, um, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see the Ravens losing this. Um, all day today at work, I was kind of like stressing. Like I was like, listening to a whole bunch of podcasts. I thought I would hop on um, today because I'm driving to my girlfriend's house. So I was like, yeah, might as well just turn on, turn it, start it, start it, you know, 2020. Um, just talking into a mic, it's not a big deal. I don't really like public speeches, so it's kind of a, um, I wouldn't say a big thing for me, but uh, it's, you know, it's different for me to, um, I want to start a career in entertainment, so might as well, kind of like blabbling on, babbling on, um, but back to Ravens um, talk, so yeah, honestly, I wouldn't, um, I don't think the Ravens have much of an issue this week. Um, going into next week, I do think the the Texans can win. Okay, so everybody that listens to this might think I'm crazy. Um, whenever you listen to this, this is uh, January 10th at 7.33 p.m. California, San Diego-ish time. SoCal time. Um, and I do think the Ravens can win. I mean, uh, the Texans can win. With that said, it's be solely because on the 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 Chiefs don't have the best rushing attack. Yes, they have LaShawn McCoy. Yes, they have Damian Williams. Yes, I don't know if they have Chair Kendrick West or... Man, I forget the other guy's name. <coughs> Spencer Ware. Excuse me. Um, I don't believe they have either of those guys. Um, but I think that all three of the Texans' corners could decently match up in like a zone concept with the, the, the Chiefs. Now, judging on Tyreek Hill... Tyreek Hill's ability, um, it's going to be very hard, obviously. Um, I know a lot of people are going to count him out because, you know, Tyreek Hill always has a knack for just running, like, going deep, getting the 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 defense to play far, and then coming back and making a, a phenomenal catch. Like, I, I don't know. And then, obviously, um, obviously uh, Patrick Mahomes um, doing the same. Um, for the, like, you know, scrambling out of the pocket, making a play with his legs, making a play with his arm, and eventually getting a touchdown um, that way. But with Gary on Connolly, um, Vernon Hargraves, and Lonnie Johnson Jr., I don't remember who the other one is, uh, Jonathan Joseph, and maybe another one. Uh, I think Lonnie Johnson's on the Bills now, so not him. Um, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, Jonathan Joseph, Kevin Johnson. I don't remember. Kevin Johnson. Yeah, never mind. And um, all with them, and then Justin Reed at the end as well. All young talent, young uh, defenders on the Texans team, and I think they are like they might be able to to stop them. I, I don't know. It's like a it's it's a weird um, thought that I have in the back of my head that that I feel like the Texans defense is better suited to defend against the pass than it is against the run you watch the bills game i really felt that the bills had a better rushing attack than the passing game and i might be like tripping out right now because honestly i don't don't even remember i'm just saying (laughs) no i'm just kidding but uh um so i feel like the texans um they have a good chance and obviously it's like more of the I want the Texans to win rather than I want to play the Chiefs again for the third time. Um, not that we are going to lose because we now have Marcus Peters, we now have Josh Bynes, we now have LJ Fort, we now have 
DeMonte Pecco. We now have Jihad Ward. Um, a lot of, you know, defensive adjustments and defensive players that Wink has brought in. Wink and uh, Eric DaCosta has brought in. So I, I don't know. I feel like um, Texans have a little bit of a shot. Uh, NFC is, you know, it's really um, – I just if I could choose a team to not play, I would rather pl- not play the 49ers because we've already played them again, and I feel like they have the best chance of beating the Ravens. Um, and then um, I would probably rank it 49ers, number one. Number two, Vikings, because they have a nice rushing attack as well. Oh, D-line's not as good. I mean, uh, O-line is not – as good as the Ravens O-line. So, you know, the fact that they've even gotten two, um, two, uh, the 49ers to play them. I feel like they're the best matchup, though, because of Iverson Griffin and, um, DeMontre Hunter? DeMontre, his name, Daniel, Daniel Hunter, um, are coming off the edge. Um, they got a decent uh, Sheldon Richardson. No. Linval Joseph uh, in the middle. And they got decent linebackers as well. So, I, I don't know. I feel like the Vikings defense has the best pairing against the 49ers offense. Um, barring the cornerback play from the Vikings, though. And then um, also... The Packers versus the Seahawks. Now, I mean, I don't – both of those teams, uh, I don't see the biggest threat in. I feel like the Seahawks are not as fit to win the game as the Packers are. But um, and that's all on a whole other rant. So, I don't know. No. I, I don't know. I would say that I'm probably going to – if I were to pick, I'd pick the Packers to win. But then again, Russell Wilson always has a lot of crazy um, shenanigans that help him win the game. So I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not going to park there. But I don't I don't honestly do not feel that Russell had a better campaign to win the, the MVP over Lamar um, at really any point of the year other than when Lamar had those two losses. But ever since week six, I wouldn't even say, or week six, no, week after Lamar beat Russell, so which would be week seven, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Ever since week seven, I feel Lamar has just ran away with it just because one-on-one Lamar, Russell at, at Russell's house, you know. I mean, Lamar put on the show. So, I mean, we'll see um, how everything goes. But I think I'm going to end the podcast here. And um, because you guys later appreciate anyone who listened to this, um, follow me on Twitter at Ravens Anatomy. And, yeah, that's all I got to say. Peace.